there's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Elevate every morning with Tommy John's Second Skin Underwear. The luxurious support of Second Skin guarantees everything will go smoothly. With over 20 million pairs sold and thousands of five-star reviews, guys love Tommy John. Plus, your most valuable assets are covered with Tommy John's best pair you'll ever wear or its free guarantee. Shop Tommy John's friends and family sale right now and get 25% off site-wide at TommyJohn.com slash Spotify. TommyJohn.com slash Spotify. See site for details. Hello and welcome back to the Stadia Podcast. I'm Musa Kwanga. I'm Ryan Hun. Ryan, how are you doing? Uh, yeah, I'm alright, man. <laughs> how are you? Yeah, um, how to even sum it up. Um, yeah, like a lot of friends. Mm. Um, from several different backgrounds, some countries that are really going through at the moment. Um, and just sort of checking in, making sure they're okay. Um, and then just bring up memories of things my own family went through. Yeah. Obviously my family's from the north of Uganda. You know, we experienced like um, a lot. Mm. And so really just spent the last few days kind of trying to sort out all of that. Um, yeah, it's been a lot. And I know we're a football podcast, but yes, you also think it, the listeners are kind of a community. So you have a situation where you're trying to create like a sort of a space of release from this mm. i think a release from a release from the real world but you know this is this is a this was a week where the real world really intervened yeah the attack in israel and the continued siege and bombardment in gaza um we were talking before about sudan yeah before we came with air as well and and um and the situation in azerbaijan and armenia you mm. know and and multiple other things that's the thing i think the, the I think there's a thing that felt this week it's just that a real kind of moment when you kind of stop and you look at what it unleashes. Mm, yeah, yeah. You know, the deep, the, you, people using certain things to display kind of anti-Semitism or Islamophobia. Yeah. And yeah. you are far more qualified to talk about these things than I am because you're just uh, far more articulate. But I think sometimes no, I just no, get to God, the point that I just after, get to after the, edits maybe. I think uh, uh. <laughs> I don't really have anything insightful to say. I just feel proper proper heartbroken for people who are affected by all this. You know? But I think and that's actually the key, isn't it? There's a good reason why words fail you. Like the other day I was yeah. on socials and I said, do you know what? I literally tweeted, I don't have the words. I don't have any words. I'm just going to share what others say. Mm. At times like this, I basically use all my platforms as they're just the pass through. And also in relation to like my personal life, I would just say it's really a question of I'm here to listen. And the world out there, it's like, when you've got a friend who's been through something horrifying, right? Mm. And the thing they've been through will generate fury and fear. There is so much fear and fear yeah. out there. So what can I offer? I can try and offer care. I can try and offer compassion. 
that's it. And that's why I feel, you know, my way through all this, not to, not to center myself in this, I'm not primarily affected, to navigate a way through this, the place I always try to take with it is care and compassion. And like, I'm not going to lie to you. Let me be frank on this podcast because it's our podcast. Gonna be, I'm frightened. I've just written a mm. piece. I've spent the last few, um, well, you know this, like months mm. in particular, but the last few days I've just finished an essay about the rise of the far right in Germany. Mm. And I'm frightened about how that's going to be received. I don't think the essay says anything particularly dramatic or new. It's just that I've said it, it will be published in German, it will be published in English. It looks at the fact that despite, despite parties endorsing anti-Semitic positions, those parties are flying in the polls. That's terrifying for me as a, you know, with my identities as they are. That's, that's frightening for me. That's frightening for Jewish people in Germany. Um, and I filed, like that, that's, that's been my last week. My last week has been, this is the thing I can't, can't run from. And I was actually, it's funny because I was talking to a friend of mine in, in um, Cheltenham, lovely guy, uh, a couple of wonderful kids, him and his wife, I hang out with them. And they were like, we feel quite powerless. We feel like, you know, you're talking about this stuff in public and we're kind of just here, it's like raising kids, having a quiet life. And I said, do you know what, actually, I'm glad. I don't feel any envy of you at all. I'm just really happy. I've got friends in this messed up chaotic world who are happy and who are making it, who've got their kind of enclave of happiness. I, I'm, I'm, I'm delighted that you've carved that out because I'm, I'm really frightened, Ryan. Mm. And I think sometimes it's important to express that like, like we're, we're, we're not hurting primarily. We're not feeling that pain directly. And also like, it's a frightening time and it's trying to do the moment justice as best you can. Mm. Because what I will say is, and I, I'm, I know this is a bit of a monologue, but I really think that every, every part of it matters. If you look at the path forward to anything, if I look at like my family and what they experienced in the north of Uganda, you know, 20 years of, of genocide following years of Idi Amin, you know, now to suffer under the current president and the way that we found through that or still trying to find our way through it, the things that worked in the end, it was care and it was compassion and it was just always showing up. And I think that's the thing, isn't it? It's just being, it's being present and it's listening. Yeah, man, I agree. You said fear and fury. And that, I think that's such a, that's such a, a, like a really accurate way of explaining what's going on. And you are in, a lot more plugged into that world in, in terms of like being a political commentator. Yeah. I am just another straight white guy with a football podcast. <laughs> oh, what, what, what I'd give, what I'd give to say those words. <laughs> what I mean by that is that like, let the voices of knowledge go straight to the front of the cube and believe the people on the ground because the people on the ground will, they're living it. Like I'm not, you know? Mm. So yeah, I mean, obviously it goes without saying like our thoughts and, and love go out to all the victims of the attacks and the bombardments this week, mm. anyone going through it around the world. And um, yeah, man. Well said. Elevate every morning with Tommy John's Second Skin Underwear. The luxurious support of Second Skin guarantees everything will go smoothly. With over 20 million pairs sold and thousands of five-star reviews, guys love Tommy John. Plus, your most valuable assets are covered with Tommy John's best pair you'll ever wear or its free guarantee. Shop Tommy John's friends and family sale right now and get 25% off site-wide at TommyJohn.com slash Spotify. TommyJohn.com slash Spotify. See site for details.
Should we talk about some football? We didn't do any admin, but some brief admin. Right and I are going to do Writer's House on Friday. It's going to be a mailbag. And you and I are going to do uh, a stadio on Monday. And um, I'm going to take next Thursday off. There's going wow, to be no so you're, going to, you're going to hang it's out with Ian on Friday. Get, to, get all the fun gigs. Um, okay. Um, wow, wow. Oh, sorry. Someone's seen him later, no? What's that? Someone, someone, someone's hanging out with him literally later. Don't huh? be that guy. Don't be that guy. Well, <laughs> listen, you know, <laughs> chat shit, get facts. <laughs> Stadio Monday, no Stadio next Thursday. Right, his house is off next week, but make sure you go and check Counterpress with Flo and the gang because there's plenty of women's football to get through and mm. uh, they will have you covered. That's all the admin. Should we talk about Eden Hazard? Oh my God. Yes, please. Retired from football at the age of 32. Kind of heartbreaking. Kind of expected. Yes. Let's talk about him because. One of the Premier League's all-time greats, I think. Yeah. And I think the reason for that is that you could, you know, he was clearly the best player in the Premier League for, I mean, I don't know how many seasons. There was a, was it, was it, was it Liam Toomey on the Athletic Podcast? It was basically like, he was the best player in the Premier League for three years. The only other player you could think of had been like that was Thierry Henry. Yeah, I mean, like, Thierry, yeah, I mean, to be honest, like his, his kind of impact for a little while has shades of Henry, I think. Like, Eden Hazard was at one point, I would go as far to say, the best winger in the world for a period. If you look at like, the only other winger I could think of that was really that decisive at that level was, is like Angel Di Maria. Like that, that's the level of brilliance that Hazard was creating. And he was so good that it's actually almost created a complacency. Like mm. he was so good that you almost took him for granted. So, Okay, look, I, I saw Eden Hazard play once. It was a one-all draw at Stamford Bridge. Suarez got a late equaliser. Um, I think Chelsea should have... I think yeah, it was one-all. It was one-all. Eden Hazard was... I've never... I, I, watching him live is the most elegant dribbler I've ever seen. And mm. I've, seen, I've seen like Leo Messi play live. I've seen, you know... I've never seen anyone move like Eden Hazard. That was that move he did where he would take the ball, I know the almost like smuggle it. He had to yeah. sort of, he open up the right foot and smuggle it, yeah. almost like, almost like the right, almost like his instep was the palm of a magician's hand. It was like someone you know, you know when you're watching someone make pizza dough. Yes, yes, exactly. Love and that. I was just like, the change in direction is really similar to someone just like like tossing a load of pizza dough between two hands. You're like, how? That's, that's kind of wild when you actually see someone do that with a football against an and, elite defender. And the power he would generate. This, with his, oh, I mean, with his left foot. The man would rip 30-yard drives yeah. with his left foot, top corner. What the one against Stoke, I think he got. Like, mm. Just the way he would move. I mean, obviously Arsenal fans don't need any reminding of what Hazard could do to defences. But <laughs> Pain. <laughs> but the wild thing was, re-watching some of his goals, I was like, oh my God, there's like, there's even stuff that I'd forgotten. Mm. Like that's how much genius. And you know, the thing with Henri as well, like you, you watch back like Thierry Henry, peak Henri, let's say sort of Henri's best seven seasons at Arsenal. I think, I can't remember who the, the sports writer said it, but Thierry Henry has given us seven seasons of sustained brilliance. Like Eden Hazard and Thierry Henry were incredible mm. for much, for that, for that much that stretch, pretty much every single week. Yeah. And with Hazard, I think that the, he wasn't super, super, super rapid, but he was quick. Yeah. And at his peak and the, the physicality. Mourinho deceptively so. Mourinho would say he was deceptively quick. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. was deceptively quick, but he yeah. could also like get away from people. Yeah. Yeah. But the, 
the power that he had. I mean, the goal he scored against Arsenal in 2017 at Stamford Bridge where Coquelin like bolted off his backside. Yeah, yeah. Through, when he breaks through the middle and then he cuts, he goes one way, goes the other way and then it's a great finish. I mean, that is... Do you know what? I even think if he was playing against an Arsenal team now that is a lot more physical, I still think that, that goal is... Possible. There's a good chance that it's that possible. goal happens. You know what I mean? Well, well, why not? Because he's... Look, this is... It's hard to... Um, the te- it's hard to overset the technical ability this man brought to the table. Mm. Was absolutely otherworldly. And, you know, like John A.B. Mikel, I found a great video. I meant to send it to you, actually, when we were rushing to, to start. Um, I found a video by John A.B. Mikel where he talks about Eden Hazard being the laziest footballer he's ever seen. Just quickly, by the way, have you seen the, the name of his podcast? No. Obi-Wan podcast. You're joking. No, he's too good. Oh my God. I'd love, look, he's so insightful. He's so smart. Um, I, I can't wait to check it out. But in this, in this short clip, he's talking about like, basically, this guy wouldn't train. You go to training sessions, he'd be like, why are you not running? They'd be like, oh, pass me the ball. And they'd be like, no, <laughs> we've been running all training session. Why'd we give you the ball? You've been lazy. And he'd be like, ah, oh, it's going to be fine. Turn up at the weekend, score a goal, man of the match. And he'd be like, there you go, guys. What are you worried about? Like, it's really interesting you say that actually because I was listening to I think it was um, when I was watching the you know uh, the stick to football thing that Ian's been doing with Gary Neville and right, Roy right. Keane Jamie Carragher and Jill Scott when David Beckham was on and he was talking about Messi mm. at Miami and uh, what one of the things that he's taught the youngsters is to walk more which wow. I just think is fucking incredible and the reason for that is because he says you see the game wow. yes yes and actually I think Messi is is so is so otherworldly in terms of the ability that he has. But in terms of skill set, I think, I think Hazard was a little bit, uh, he was less incredible at any particular one thing. But there are similarities there for sure. I just I, think that the I, difference, I, the main, I, difference, I is, the main yeah. difference is that I think that just Hazard, Hazard's body, I mean, Hazard got the shit kicked out of in the Premier League. And, you know, I was watching that, um, you know the two-all draw at Stamford Bridge where Spurs yeah, see the title to Leicester. Yeah, yeah. And the tackle that Dyer puts in on him. Good Lord. And it, this was just every, every week, he just got that absolute shit kicked out of him, which is interesting because like when he went to Real Madrid, which is, he, he was so set up to just blitz it at Real yeah. Madrid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that first injury that he got. A lot of players that have a sudden decline in terms of like their body breaking down or them not making making the most of a move or something like that. There's usually one, even if they've had injuries before, there's one specific one that you're like, we that's saw the one that's going to- We saw Schweinsteiger, Rooney, Shevchenko, Fernando yeah. Torres, all players who played huge amounts of football. Well, Santi, Santi Cazorla yeah. as well. If you look at Santi, yeah. it's, I think this is why like the fact that Santi's still playing and actually got back to the levels that he got back to, especially when he went to Villarreal. Miraculous. It's unbelievable. Like they were talking about him never walking again, like alone, I mean, like yeah, being able yeah. to play football. Yeah. Uh, oh no, he's, they said like, you might not be able to play with your kids. Sorry. Unbelievable. And, and, you know, he had to have skin grafts on his Achilles from his arm and stuff. It's like, this guy is like the fact that he, he, he came back from that. I mean, even if you look at like people like, uh, like Gundogan, I know it's slightly different, but when Gundogan had that back injury. It was really bad. Yeah, yeah, It was yeah, bad. Yeah, yeah. Like I was talking to Ian about this the other day, actually, because I think because it happened at Dortmund, a lot of people maybe didn't realise quite how bad it was. 
Because he couldn't train. But look, so how, the few, fact that he, look like, how few takers there were for him when City came exactly, in. Exactly. Like his stock yeah. fell because he was quite injury prone. He had that really bad back injury. And he, like, he's talked about it. He didn't know if he was going to play football again. Mm. So when you see like someone like Hazard going to Real Madrid, it was a dream move for him. He, 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 you know, Chelsea got a massive fee for him. He'd more than done his bit at Stamford Bridge over all those years. Won a load of titles. And then it's just his body lets him down and it's so, it's so sad. Like, yeah, I know. Could there be, could he have could trade he have more? Yes. Could he trade? Could but he actually, have turned up in shape? Like, yes. But also like when you're like Kaka, it happened to Kaka, Kaka, consummate professional. Kaka got the injury, lost his gas and people mocked him. They were like, oh, mm. ha, he's lost it. No, Kaka's acceleration, Kaka was technically brilliant. And also his game was so tied to his change of direction at the high speed. When you lose the speed, your change of direction is not dangerous. Like change of, and specifically, his change of direction with the ball at high speed. And when Kaka lost that at Real Madrid, he was like a third of the player. And it wasn't yeah. his fault. And it's so painful to see people lose their superpower. This is the thing about being an athlete. Losing your superpower with the entire world watching. Mm. And you can't get it back. You, you know, no. If you look at his, his um, club record, Mm. You can just see how how stark that contrast is. So, six hundred twenty-two top-flight games at club level, one hundred sixty-seven goals, one hundred fifty-seven assists. Jeez, three hundred fifty-two games at Chelsea, one hundred ten goals, ninety-two assists. Like the ratio at Chelsea unreal. is unreal. just that's unreal. And I think I remember when he signed because it kind of it was just was it just after Chelsea won the, the Champions, Champions League? Yeah, yeah. And then that kind of, goal, it was a bit of, strikes, it was like, yeah. it kind of felt the, like the first time football had had its, I'm taking my talents to South Beach moment. Yes, yes. Do you remember? Yeah, yeah. Because it was so like, I'm signing for the European champions. Yeah. And it's like, oh. and I remember at the time, like there being a lot of, I mean, I, I didn't go back and actually check any, I probably should have done this, but you know, who cares about facts? <laughs> In this economy? I think we're good. We could make a video old shit. Put it on. Put it on X or whatever that fucking hell site's called now. Oh, uh, do you know what? I'm gonna. I'm just gonna do a quick Google. Here we go. I found the BBC article. There was a struggle. Oh, here you go. There was a struggle between Chelsea and Manchester United. But for me, Chelsea has the best project. It's a wonderful club. That's what he said. Do you know what the the last sentence of that BBC article is? What's that? He joins Germany international Marco Marin as a second major new addition to the Chelsea. Oh squad. my goodness! <laughs> wow. They had very different, uh, very different experiences at Chelsea. It's yeah. fair to say. Yeah. Where would you put him in? Would he be top five Premier League all-time player? Top ten Premier League all-time player? Top twenty Premier League? I think this is a tricky one, and I think wow. also it based it's but it it depends on your own kind of preferences for players. Oh, okay. Well, let, I think you know it's so difficult to say. Um, I mean, wingers, top, my place is top five, I think. Yeah, yeah, top five, top five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Without no, a doubt. That, that's, all, that's, like, all positions. Seven seasons in the Premier League, and he was... Yeah, he was But most of it, he was he lights was out. problem. But most of it, he was absolutely lights out. Mm. The only bad season, 15-16, not that good. Is that the but, one where he just, like, Mourinho just fucked it, and he was just like, nah, I'm good. That was a bad year. Yeah, yeah. that must be the one. But that, everything else was just locked in. Yeah, top five, top five wingers. Um, and if there was an argument for top 10, he might not make the top 10, but he would be in the, like, it wouldn't, he wouldn't be laughed out of the conversation. Do you know who I want to talk to about this? 
Ken early because Ken would be like, not, not instead of you, by the way, in addition to, yeah. sorry, I realized that your face, then you did like a slight cat, uh, like head tilt, you know, when like a dog thinks it's done something wrong. So I, I, I remembered, I was like, shit, like, like, am I really upset Moose in there? Just so I call like, him my government do name. What, <laughs> do, do you know what, Moose Ogwonga? I know we're doing a podcast right now, but do you know who I really want to talk to? <laughs> Someone else. <laughs> <laughs> you know those no, people cause like- Because you, know, you know Ken's thing about David Silver, right? David Silver, exactly. It's so good. This. Yeah. Imagine if you're having like a debate about those kind of like playmakers or wide players yes, or whatever. Yes. And Basie just kept like prodding him about like, oh, I think Silver was a bit better than Eden Hazard. <laughs> but back to Eden Hazard's. I think it's really interesting to see how how kind of like varied sometimes the the responses are to him because I think people I don't I don't know like even going going back and watching I watched a couple of games this week not the full games but some highlights from like some stuff around the 17 16 17 season and it seems like an eternity ago yeah and that, like the way that players and footballers have evolved over just the over 6 years it's wild isn't it it's kind of scary and I just wonder actually whether he bounced from the Premier League at exactly the right time, whether he, I mean, he was so, he was so talented that I think he could probably play in any era to some level, but I wonder whether now. Oh, he'd like, be a holy terror. I wonder where, like, if he was coming through now though. Perfect like, at Real. Ironically, yeah. Young Real, young, young Real. Young Real. Young Real. Oh my God, that's an incredible rap name, Young Real. Him playing, let's say instead of a Vinicius in the left-sided spot with Bellingham breaking between them and him just breaking the game up top, mm. you wouldn't need him to press because he would be the threat. Yeah, some I mean, players, yeah, Real don't really do that. Some players are so there. devastating with their attacking attack. I mean, look, put it this way: Mourinho, a player who, you know, a coach who famously celebrates uh, defensive qualities. You never, you rarely heard Mourinho go after Hazard for defensive stuff. Mm. Not like he went after Joe Cole. It's because he knew that Hazard was so devastating. He's one of the few players you were, you were allowed to just get on with it. Yeah. He was one of the few players, you know, that sort of thing, uh, drink, Marvel reference. That bit when Captain America's giving all those complex instructions in Avengers and he just says Hulk smash. Yeah. It's very, I mean, if there was ever a Hulk smash 11, players who you could like, you know what, you go out there and just create havoc because. Hazard Havoc. The, yeah, Hazard Havoc, yeah. I mean, has a surname ever been more appropriate? Oh, Aiden Hazard. No, he can't really, no, come on, surely not. No, I'm absolutely, I'm actually a hazard. And you can't say, you cannot say you didn't know what this was. Mm. Billy Chaos. Aiden Hazard and one wing, Billy Chaos and the other. Kevin Lasagna serving it up. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that'd be the best ad campaign ever. But yeah, too good, too good. I think that's I think that's the thing about Hazard is just that I remember him just seeming. I, I just remember so, sorry, sorry, just thinking of like imagine like man of match performance and Hazard comes to the pitch. How do you describe your performance, as And he'd be like, Ed, and he'd be like, Hazardous. Why this is I was the thing, hazardous. Right? If he was a WWE character, Can you imagine. My God, the merch. <laughs> this is the thing. This is the thing with Hazard. If he was more like, if he was more, if he'd been more bothered about a lot of that kind of commercial side mm. and playing the game, you know, there would have been like streams and streams and streams of of that kind of stuff, like punned merchandise. Mm. But he's one but of the few kind footballers. Of, I'm kind of glad yeah. that he wasn't though. I, yeah. I I like the fact that he he was. I mean, 
unless I'm wrong, but I can't really remember that. He never talked a huge amount in post-match interviews or anything like that. He did them, but he was always very, I think he kind of, he had this amazing knack of pretending that his English was worse than it was, which I, I love it when I love it when players come to the Premier League and do that. All managers, so you know, like so Poch, good. that whole year. Poch could speak English and he was just like, no, I'm getting a translator. Like <laughs> that first year at Southampton, it's like, no, 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 no. You're gonna go through you're gonna go through the translator. The funny thing is that Eden Hazard growing up in Belgium, there's a good chance like the man speaks multiple, like Of course he I does. Mean, how, yeah, how many yeah, how many it makes me laugh. It makes me howl when players do it. And also like by all accounts, um, just a great dude to have around. And, you know, one of the few footballers this is the ultimate accolade. You know when, like, you want to just make sure the player's happy. So you check in on them, like, oh, like, do they earn enough money? You know, like, you feel like a dad packing someone's lunch. Like, they earn enough money. They're going to be okay. They're going to be able to provide for their families. You're like, yeah, like, Hazard's good. And I'm just really happy that someone like that, he made his money. He's out of football at 32. Um, and will just have just a great life in retirement. And look, mm-hmm. here's the thing. Like, so what? You didn't, like, go lights out at Real Madrid. So what? Like, you know, that happens to the best of, the best of forwards. What he can point to is an incredible, incredible run at Lille. Lille's mind-blowing there. An incredible run at Lille, um, incredible run for Chelsea, and also brilliant for Belgium in the 2018 World Cup when they finally mm. achieved their potential. That generation of Belgian players, everyone was like, oh, they're not quite showing out. And they went and they did it. They went well. and they did it. They, didn't, they, didn't well, they lost. It. They lost. They lost to a very, very, very good um, team in the um, a very, very good uh, France team. Can I be? Can I be a mischief, bit mischievous? Yeah. The golden generation fulfilled its potential by not oh. winning the World Cup. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. Just in terms. No, I know. I know. what you mean. Do you know? What, I know what you mean. It's just. That but that- it's interesting though because actually, I think that generation, much like mm. England's famed golden generation from what was like two thousand eight. Mm. There were some amazing players in that squad, but I think as a collective unit, they were, I think more was expected of them what, than what they actually were. I think they were, I think people thought that squad was better than it actually was. I think they achieved their potential. Yeah, I think, actually, I think, yeah. I think what, semi-final of the World Cup yeah. in 2018, I think is about par for that squad. I don't think they were ever going to win it really, maybe. maybe? No? I mean, maybe? I, I think, look, when you get to the semis, it's anyone's. Actually, mm. that's the thing. It's all matchups. You get to the semis. Look at the Morocco, the show that Morocco put in. You get to semi final of a World Cup. At that point, you have to be thinking, "Oh, I'm going." You can, you can, you, you need to visualize yourself winning the whole thing. Mm. Even though we know that, like, it gets exponentially harder as you go through each round. Belgium could win that World Cup. There's a universe where they do win it. Mm. But what I would say is, you can always tell by the response of the fans and and the players. And I found this incredible video actually of the. Um, the post-World Cup celebration they had, one of the big squares in Belgium, I thought, that tells it all. Like, there's a sense of joy. They, collect, they, they achieve something collectively and there's no despondency. It's like when Croatia got to the final and like the entire country was just like <laughs> red, white and blue flares because people knew. They knew that like, well, Zagreb at least, they knew that that was momentous. You're still battling countries with far more resources than you. Dude, I mean, you saw it when England got to the final of the Euros. Yeah. Grown People- men with flares out of their bum. <laughs> I mean, that was about something else. That was- <laughs> I mean, can you imagine being on record, going viral, Dude, it's- but for being an adult at a football match and pulling your pants down and having a flare coming out of your backside? <laughs> this- All it needs is like a Pathé News voiceover. This was their finest hour. <laughs> <laughs> We shall fart them on the beaches. 
<laughs> anyway, uh, speaking of speaking of bums, uh, a famed backside, one of the greatest backsides in football. Mm. I think it aided his game. Yaya Torre wrote about it, which the, I thought was the ability, incredible. The ability to like use your bum to like bounce off players. Yeah. Uh, and to shield the ball as well, like the art of shielding the ball. And this is something which people aren't always the best. That is, it's a hard thing to do in any sport, like basketball, football, to keep the ball within your kind of orbit while making decisions. Because, you know, mm. football is all about that. You look at someone like a Luka Modric, for example. Who, I mean, Luka Modric now is almost on a thousand games of professional football. <laughs> you know, I was looking the other day, I was like, hang on, the man's like 800 odd for club, 100 odd for country. He's basically the Croatian Gandalf, isn't he? Like, you think, you think of the people that have retired while he's kept on. And so the ability, like, you look at shielding, the art of shielding, which in itself is a whole other subgenre of, of a style of football and players that are exceptional at it, players that are not, players who can nick the ball off. You look at the sort of the durability of Modric and that, so much of that is his ability to shield the ball while making decisions. And that's Hazard too. And we, you know, joke about, you know, being a great bum player, but a player who just used every part of his body, like when getting hammered to maintain balance, like some of the goals he scored, talk about bravery. Oh, Jesus. The goal against West Ham that I'd forgotten about, just through the guts, mm. through the guts of the defence, very, very few players. And this is, the, this is why he would, he would succeed in any era. Very few players in any era have had the bravery to attack the centre-backs like that. You're absolutely right. You're very, absolutely right. Very and, and- few in any generation. You're in front of 40, 50, 80,000 people. You're running the guts of a defense. You know they've been told to kick you for 90 minutes and you're still doing it. You're picking the ball up, 30 yards from goal, and you don't have a one-two option on. Mm. And you're like, no, I'm going to go at them. He did to Liverpool that time, out by the flank. You can, and the thing about Hatzard that's incredible, is there's two things I would say in particular. Um, he's a player whom, when he scores goals, the goalkeeper is routinely extremely far from the ball. If there was a stat for... Yeah. expected yards where like you had like a league table expected of like, sense a, yeah expected sense you have like a league table of like when this person scored a goal the goalkeeper was like x yards on the ball Aiden Hazard probably consistently had the goalkeeper furthest on the ball when he scored this man took penalties like they were one-on-ones you actually enjoyed mm. watching him take penalties oh his penalties were just such a like an inevitability right. and there's a the thing about him I would say as well with his solo goals the incredible thing is freezing the frame when you watch the highlights if you yeah. watch Aiden Hazard highlights on YouTube go back and freeze the frame at the point where he picks the ball up and just look at where the pitch is. And it's routinely out on one of the flanks, 70 yards from goal, 40 yards from goal, 50 yards from goal, six opposition players him in the ball and he somehow finds a way. Unconfirmed rumours that he was the inspiration behind the use of, uh, oh no, as an internet, as an internet trend. Oh no! Oh no! 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 Seventy no, yards no. from goal, it's just everyone watching the game of the opposition team has just stopped, and their minds just gone. Oh no! What's that card to me? Oh no! Chuckles. No, no, no. I'm in danger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's from The Simpsons, Ralph. Um, on a slightly more what's the word? Poignant. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you think it's a cautionary tale of how need to be not protected? Mm. But I look, at, for example, you look at some of the players that have retired early mm. in the last few years. They all kind of burst onto the scene quite young. I think mm. Hazard is a little bit different in terms of, I think that there are 
you know, it was so, so, so clearly he didn't maximize mm. the use of professional, mm. a professional environment, let's say, in terms of keep being, a, you know, keeping himself in the best shape of all time. Mm. Being honest though, I'm not entirely sure that that would have maybe helped. I don't think, I don't Just think. the sheer I, volume of, was he like consistently the most foul player in the Premier League during his time at Chelsea? You know, the point, um, do you remember that amazing stat about uh, the late great host Antonio Reyes that when he mm. left the Spanish league, he was still the most fouled player a couple of months after he'd left because mm. he would just always get kicked. Yeah. You know, there was something about, to Arsenal, th- yeah. there's, there's one argument that on one, on one, in one sense, you're right. At the same time, you look at the demands made in the modern football and now, mm. um, we used to say that player peaked at 27. Mm. You wouldn't say that now. You wouldn't say that now. Players are on their way out now because players are starting earlier. But also then we've also seen, I think the one thing I would say is that I think, it's, medical. I think it, can be, it can be based on position. I think if you're seeing, if you're, you're seeing a lot of the early retirements come in that wide forward attacking midfield or okay. just midfield roles. You, mm. If you look, for example, like Theo Walcott retired really early, mm. Eden Hazard retired really early, but then you look at Lewandowski you look at Benzema, who was like, who, Benzema and Lewandowski got better the older and they've got. Their, you look their at Olivier, training regime is incredible. Look at Olivier Giroud. Yeah. Look at um, look at how long Zlatan played for. Mm. Um, All physical, incredibly. Yeah, incredible but trainers. then you look at Thiago Silva. Mm. A lot of defenders are going longer as well. Mm. Mm. Goalkeepers, obviously, that's fine. So actually, it's. It's curious that it seems to just be the middle part, or, or the you know the third, the second and third kind of parts of the pitch. It's that mileage, though, isn't it? That's why Modric yeah. is remarkable. That's why Modric yeah. is yeah, yeah. Modric is basically a triathlete at this point. Yeah, you know, in terms of the actual the the mileage, these people are just, but also the ability to play football at a high level while covering that amount of ground is just something that will always be remarkable. Yeah. I mean, yeah, even yeah. Sergio Busquets, if you think about it, I think Sergio Busquets' decline was, was apparent for a couple of years, but, mm. but I think he, you know, he, could still, he could still do a job at Barcelona. I mean, he's still Busquets. He's Busquets, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, man, it always just feels strange when people like this retire. 32 years old. Mm. And... Um, I'm just glad. Like he made his money, he did his thing, he won his trophies, um, and he brought a lot of joy. He brought a lot of joy. Like moved in a way that I haven't seen another footballer move. It was unique to that extent. I mean, his literal honours were one Liga. You know, he won that Liga with Lille, Coupe de France, two Premier Leagues, FA Cup, two Europa Leagues, two La Ligas, a Copa del Rey, a Super Copa de España. A Champions League and a UEFA Super Cup. So he won his Champions League with Real Madrid, technically. Yeah. Yeah, he wasn't really yeah. part of that, but he's got he's got the medal. That's true. Uh a job well done, I would say. Yeah, well man. Done. We were gonna talk about the twenty thirty World Cup this week, because we didn't do it last week. Mm. But I think we'll maybe do that on Monday. Should we do something about the Beckham doc as well? Because we've both yeah, watched yeah, yeah. it now. And That's and it, it yeah, feels yeah. like it feels like we should do something on the Beckham doc. Yeah. So should we do um, the Beckham documentary and some stuff about the World Cup on Monday? Sounds great. But I reckon we're going to leave it there for today, huh? Yeah, yeah. Why not? Enjoy your retirement, Eden Hazard. Yes. I'd love to, I'm intrigued to see what he does next. He just strikes me as the dude you'll always be happy to see in the canteen. Just like, he's like, that guy is just football. 
just absolutely loves it, lives it, gets it. He clearly loved the sport. Like if you look at the, the way that he understood the role as part of being an entertainer when you have that level of skill, mm. he really embraced that. So yeah, whatever he does next, I'm sure he will um, make a joy of it. Best of luck to him. All right, let's wrap it up. Let's do it. We hope everyone's staying safe, staying well, wherever you are in the world. Look out for each other. Look after yourself. Take a little bit of time away from the internet. Yep. In the meantime, if you fancy some tunes to listen to, mm. why don't you check the Stadio Outros playlist on Spotify? Why not? Mind Every single tune we play out on each episode. Oh my goodness. Who would have thought? <laughs> We're playing out on Windows of My Mind, the remix by Antone and the Underworld. Is there anything you would like to add, Musa Wonga? Nothing further. All right, everyone, much love. Be well. Have a lovely weekend. And we will see you on Monday. See you then. <laughs>